Good morning, good afternoon, whenever it is that you're listening to this. Welcome back to the Build with Brebeck podcast. I'm so excited to have you here um, and for you to listen to this week's episode. It was such a great conversation um, with Jess Fracalozzi, the CEO and founder of the Handlebar Indoor Cycling Studio here in Boston. Um, and it's very fitting for the time since... It is the new studio that I've been teaching at for the last like month. So really great conversation. We'll get that get there in a second. Um, if you hear Poe eating his food, shoving it down his throat right behind me, I'm sitting in my living room and not in a fancy studio, which you already know because Poe makes many appearances. Um, but... I actually, for the first time ever, I'm normally really just like in and out quick with these intro recordings. Um, They're normally just kind of like a messy stream of consciousness. Um, But this week I actually recorded and really didn't like anything that I recorded. So I'm coming back and um, trying it again. I just feel like I've been in kind of a rut this week, not really feeling my best. And yesterday definitely was like the peak of that. And I recorded just a quick intro and it was fine. But I just felt like that energy was really coming through. And that's definitely not what I want to like put out into the world. So after a good night's sleep, I was in bed at like 8 o'clock last night. Uh, we're trying this again, starting anew. Um, but yeah, I think... This last week, just, I mean, some general fatigue paired with some imposter syndrome. It's just kind of, I've been allowing it to like bring me down a little bit. Um, But feeling more positive. I think I just really needed a good night's sleep and a little perspective shift. And honestly, after re-listening to this interview, um, it really did kind of bring it around because we do talk a lot about imposter syndrome and definitions of success and all of that. So I hope that you guys take a little bit out of that as I did um, and just focus on, you know, the positives, your, that big picture in the future, but mostly, you know, what can I do today, this week to bring me a little bit closer to those goals Um, And I know that's been really helpful for me instead of thinking like, oh my gosh, I still have so much to do and so far to go, shrinking it down and just focusing on the teeny tiny wins, the little steps, and then it adds up to the bigger stuff in the end. Um, And that's been helpful for me. Um, Highs and lows. Low, definitely just those feelings that I've been allowing to kind of creep in which are just a waste of time. They're no good. Um, But also it is information and maybe it means I just need to slow down a little bit and stop trying to do so much every single day and give myself a little bit of a break, Um, not be so hard on myself. And my high, um, a couple things. I think in general, the theme of my high would be um, surrounding yourself with the best quality of people and actively choosing those people. Um, 
definitely have been, you know, trying to put some good boundaries up with situations that might not serve me quite as much as they once did. Um, and in general, I think that's such a healthy habit to get into is really assessing how your energy is around people. Um, but this week I had a great just reminder of the wonderful people that are in my life a couple of different times. One, over the weekend, I spent some time with one of my very best friends from high school, um, which just quick backstory. I went to three different high schools, moved around a bunch. So I don't really have a ton of those childhood friends that I grew up with. And, um, you know, the few that I do have are like really friendships that I value just because I don't take that for granted. Um, but it is just really amazing. Um, you know, if you take a second to just appreciate how great those relationships are and how rare it is that they can kind of translate over into your adult life and still hold such a weight in your life. Um, and it's cool to watch your friends evolve into different versions of themselves as they start to play different roles, maybe in their professional life or becoming a parent and all of that. Um, so that just was a great perspective to kind of get my head back into um, and then I had, or I went to one of the other new instructors, um, new, like new instructor welcome ride this week. We had a few last week too. And each time it just gives me like all the warm and fuzzies, all the, all the feels because I have seen many different environments in the fitness industry and, some of them can be super toxic and they can be super competitive and not as supportive. And this group, I'm just so blown away at the support that we have all shown each other and the just community that this place has. Um, and, you know, I trained with like 10 other people that could easily have become a very competitive environment of, you know, instead of building each other up, working against each other and feeling like if that person does really well, then, you know, I'm not going to shine as bright or whatever, but it was not like that at all. And these welcome rides are such a true testament of that. Just people showing up and riding, even if they're tired, even though the week is busy and just bringing so much energy and, you can just tell how genuinely proud all of us are of each other. And it's just like that is the energy I want in my life. And those are the kinds of people that I want in my life. And if you feel like that's not what you have in your life, I encourage you to branch out and as hard as it is as an adult. Try to surround yourself and like make new friends with those types of people because the company that you keep really translates into so much of your life and your mental health. Um, yeah. So that's my little tidbit for the day. Um, recommendations. I just highly recommend, and I say it all the time because we've had many different conversations about it. 
But as I get deeper into my intuitive eating, studying just more and more, I wish that someone had placed this book in front of me years ago. So I'm just going to encourage you all to read the intuitive eating book. If you search it on Amazon or go to my Amazon like page, link and bio on my Instagram, um, it's there if you don't want to like search high and low for it. Ooh, excuse me. <laughs> I also recommend uh, getting a full eight hours because life is hard and we're tired and that will help. Um, I guess a couple quick recommendations. I'm reading The People We Keep. It's definitely – it's a fast read, but it's deep and emotional and kind of about like child trauma and how it affects like your attachment style and stuff like that. Um, but it, so far – I'm really enjoying the story. It's good. Definitely heavy, but still good. Um, I watched My Unorthodox Life on Netflix. Really good. Flew right through it. Um, just super interesting, I feel like, to learn about different religions and how other people that don't even live like that, you know, far from you or anything can live such a drastically different life. Um, and the new gossip girl on HBO max, not as good as the original, but pretty good. Um, a cool depiction of how high school is these days. And I hope that it's really how high school is these days. Um, in terms of like inclusivity, because that certainly was not how it was when I was in high school. No one was open about, sexual orientation or sexual fluidity like that just was not a thing which seems crazy because it's like I know I'm knocking on 30s door but like it wasn't that drastically long ago so it is kind of crazy to think um and I hope that many high schools um in America are that inclusive and open so people can just be free to be whoever they are because um, high school is tough enough as it is. Um, yeah, that's really it. Just kind of breezing through it because I just want you guys to get into this conversation with Jess. She's amazing. I hope that you take plenty from it. I hope that you're inspired to come take a ride at the handlebar. If you ever want to reach out to me, I have guest passes. I would love to see you IRL. Have a great week. Enjoy the episode. Bye. Welcome to the Build with Braybeck podcast, where we dig deep into real, raw, and honest conversations with people that are making moves, making change, and making their own version of their very best life. And teaching you how to build the same. Covering all things health, wellness, anti-diet culture, body positivity, and so much more. Here's your host, Amanda Braybeck. This week's guest is one of those people you see and ask yourself, how does she do it all? At the young age of 24, she came up with a business idea, created a plan, pitched to investors, and raised money to turn her dream into a very big reality. Fast forward eight years and her idea has tran transformed into 
four, soon to be five, studio locations, multiple successful pop-ups, a virtual platform, a nonprofit component benefiting the mental health awareness movement, a team of incredible humans, and has seriously taken the Boston fitness scene by storm. She is the founder and CEO of the Handlebar Indoor Cycling Studio, a cycling and kettlebell instructor, a mental health advocate, small business coach, mother, wife, and friend. She leads with light, love, laughter, and positivity. Welcome to the podcast, <laughs> Jess Fracalosi. Did I say your last name right? You nailed that. Thank oh, you so much. That was so, yes. that just literally gave me the strength I need to get through this week. Thank you oh, so much. <laughs> you're welcome. You deserve it. I know it's hard to remember all like the good positive stuff when you're in the thick of it which I'm I know just you happy are. to be here with you on our team now. And it's just such an exciting time. Yes, I know. It's funny to think I reached out like early spring and then now here I am on the team. Stars are aligned. We're here. Yep. It's good. Awesome. How are you doing this week? I'm doing fine. I'm, um, you know, sometimes I do shake my head and say, how am I doing fine right now? But I'm doing okay. Um, have a vacation up ahead. And it's one oh, of those yes. things that's been planned for a really long time. And then it gets here and you're like, how are we possibly going to do this? But yeah. you know what? Every but you got it. Okay. And yeah, it. we, um, I'm, I'm excited to have spend some days with just my husband. That's sorely needed. We have yeah. been, you know, juggling parenthood and, and his new job and, um, the handlebar kind of rebirth and new studio opening and the world kind of coming back. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's kind of a momentous time. Yeah, seriously. I know. Yeah. Not only are you, you know, reopening, revamping post COVID, even though we're not really post COVID, but you know, right. you're also opening another studio. So we're here. just a glutton for punishment. <laughs> yeah, I I had this realization the other day that like, wow, I am just the amount of stuff that I bit off during COVID when things were really slow. Um, I'm chewing right now. I'm yeah. chewing things and it's fine, you know. And, yeah, and it's, it's all good. Scary because we did think that, you know, we'd be out of COVID by now. It's I'm yeah. not gonna lie. it's like probably the most no, without a doubt, the most challenging professional time I've ever been through now totally. even harder than a year and a half ago, because, um, you know, there's so much that we are operating plus the uncertainty, which yeah. is, yeah, you know, when the pandemic first began, it was like, at least the studios were closed, you know, but right, also right. on the flip side of that, at least the studio, like the studios are open and the energy is, is back and people are so happy to be there. Um, yeah. so, or here, I should say. Totally. I know. It's tough because at least in the beginning, we all were blissfully unaware. <laughs> like two yeah. weeks, a month. Oh, exactly. Like I mean, that's and that's been my I think greatest struggle is like just forever optimist. So I'm like, you know, yeah, same. Yeah. At the, at the beginning, I think I was like six weeks. Well, you know, and then it was like however long Ooh, like, yeah. and pivoting. But also and I've kind of said this to the team and I keep reminding myself as of it is like, how good have we gotten and as in, as humanity gotten at pivoting and adjusting right. to new realities? So um, yeah, we take totally. it as it comes. Yes, exactly. Um, so we're going to get there, but I want to take it all the way back. 
okay. to the beginning and give you a chance to kind of share your whole story because I'm sure a lot of people could, you know, be inspired and learn some things because 24 years old is pretty young to take a big leap like that. So you graduate Northeastern, right? Correct. And then walk us through coming up oh, with a concept. Yeah. Yes. how you figured out like the steps to take and yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, I graduated from Northeastern in 2010. Yeah. Um, so that was, I was about 22. I had a degree in biology. Um, I was one of those students through high school and college that like just changed, not students, just one of those people that changed their mind a lot about what, what, what I wanted to do. And it wasn't because yeah. I was on one path and then I'm like, no, I absolutely can't do this. It was just like a lot of things sparked my interest. So I thought I wanted to, I was communications and then I switched to bio because I thought I wanted to maybe be a doctor or um, do pharmaceutical sales, or I even took the LSAT and the MCAT. Like, <laughs> just Keep kind of all the doors open. Yeah. I'll be keeping them all open. Um, I feel that. And then ultimately after college, I just wasn't, I didn't want to go back to school. That was one thing that I couldn't like, I couldn't like pull my bootstraps up and say, yes, let's go to grad school now. I was like, wait, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I'm done for a little while with that. So I was waitressing, um, on Newberry street at the restaurant that I worked at all through college. And, um, I got offered a job by a friend of the owner, um, an, another small business owner who, um, was opening a, uh, line of boutique, um, not boutique, that's the wrong word, uh, athleisure. So to compete with like a Lululemon cool. and hired me to do sales and marketing for the startup. And so, th- and I accepted because it was like, wait, you're going to pay me to take fitness classes and get people to, um, wear the clothes that I give them for free. <laughs> yes. Great. I'm, right. I'm there. Perfect. And so I, I, I took that job and I worked there for about 10 months and it allowed me to, um, fall in love with the boutique fitness industry and just become kind of a regular at a few different places um, and realize really just how different that was than the big box gym experience, which I grew up consuming, you know, in high school, I belonged to the gym and in college, I went to our gym and my mom has always been kind of gym goer and, um, and that's all I knew. And then this was this new sort of model and um, I was right there in it. So it's sort of twofold. I fell in love with boutique fitness and also um, I got a chance to work in a startup environment and so, and work for an entrepreneur. So, um, that kind of gave me the confidence to, to give, give it a try on my own. And I, our PR company was in New York city. So I was traveling there a bit with this job and, um, I took, I took soul cycle classes and flywheel classes to, um, meet the instructors and give them clothes to wear. Yeah. And, um, and it just blew me away. I had not experienced anything like that ever before in yoga, in Pilates. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be something like, this is so much. I took spin classes in college, but it was just like. So you know, different, like in like an auditorium. <laughs> like Yeah, exactly. Exactly. With like, you know, yeah. window, like sunshine on my back. <laughs> yeah. It's like an aerobic studio. Right. At like the Y. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I always liked the high intensity aspect of it. You left being like, holy shit, how did I get through that? Mm -hmm. Um, but these boutique experiences were much, um, much more of just a true experience from when you walk in to when you walk out the door. And so I started building a business plan that was centered around that notion. It was like, what, what I wanted it to be cycling. And I, um, well, I think I just jumped a few steps. I left the job and I said, 
I'm so stressed at working in a small business where I'm only getting paid a like meager hourly rate, but I'm like carrying, I'm carrying all the passion for this little business as if it were my own. Yeah. I'm going to do something on my own and um, give it a try. And I'm very lucky that I didn't have student loans and I was young and I was willing to take the risk. I think yeah. um, not everybody, you know, has that. And the, and the confidence at the early phase is really important. So I, I had confidence in the idea of giving this a try. So I, I wrote a business plan and um, pitched it to investors. And um, eventually it took a couple, it took like a year and a half. Eventually, um, after a lot of learning, a lot of writing, a lot of um, trial and error and conversations, I found a group of people to give me enough money to open one location. And, um, and that's how it began. But I remember in that initial business plan, it was all about um, the experience from yeah. the way someone feels when they walk in to interacting with the front desk to um, taking a part in the class and then a feeling of accomplishment leaving. And, and it's just, it's true. That's what it's all about to this day. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's what, you know, makes a place stand out from the next. I mean, at the time there weren't many spin studios at all in Boston. Right. But, you know, that's what's going to make you stand apart. But let's go back to some of like the investor talks yeah. and meetings. So one, as a 24-year-old, obviously you probably learned a lot working for another startup too. But where did you figure out where to find these people? And then also, did you get any kind of like pushback as I can totally see some people being like, what is, you know, this 24 year old girl know about starting a business and that kind Ooh. of stuff, which is like the worst, but. <laughs> right, right. You know, I can honestly say that while people were definitely perhaps thinking that nobody said it to me because Good. I just had too much confidence, you know, in Good, what I yeah. was what I was communicating. So that's a piece of advice is like, if you truly know, like know sort of the path. Um, and, but it's about, I think, I think how did I know was I had conversations. I started having meetings with other entrepreneurs yeah. and other people that were in business. And it very quickly became like, oh, people are doing this. Like, mm -hmm. this is something that people do. This isn't like something that somebody like me would never do. Right. So then you kind of, you have to immediately combat that imposter syndrome. But, um, and then, yeah, and so, but also Northeastern was where I went and they had a venture accelerator. So that was like, step one was to contact a kid I knew in college that was always involved in entrepreneurship, always posting on Facebook about startup stuff. Um, and I got coffee with him and he's like, you should reach out to IDEA, which is the university's venture accelerator. So I did that. You had to apply to be accepted into the venture accelerator but I had a business plan. So I submitted that they helped me improve the business plan specifically to work with investors. Mm -hmm. um, it's like to know what the words that inv investors are looking for. Yeah. You can have the best idea in the world and be super passionate about it, but investors, you, you need to know how you're going to, how, how you're making money and, right. and yeah, how, that's what they care about. That's what they care about and how you're going to take this idea and literally what steps are you going to take to turn it into reality? So mm -hmm. um, the business plan was like, it was like a year, like I said, a year and a half of, of work. And even until I got the funding, I was still changing my business plan, adding to it yeah. um, up until the very end. But yeah, so I started having, let, let's see, 
they helped me refine it. And then the recommendation was like friends and family with money because I didn't yeah. necessarily need a lot of um, funding. Mm -hmm. It was relative to what other startups need, very, very minimal. So um, friends and family that might be interested in investing, but even what idea taught me was not necessary, but just listening to the pitch and giving you reps at yeah. your business. Yeah. So at the beginning, it was like, it's important to kind of expect that people are going to say no. You have right. to get those no's under your belt, get the hard questions asked, and, and, then, and then hopefully meet with somebody who's actually interested in the idea. Right. Um, yeah, that's such a good point. So um, there were a lot of no's, but respectful no's. Again, I didn't, nobody was like, who do you think you are? No. Good. Uh, if you take the time to, to put work into something, it takes a pretty awful person to say, who do you think you are? Yeah. Um, but, you know, they said, this is not for me right now, um, but good luck to you, you know, and you're obviously have a business mind. And there's probably three meetings like that. And, and, and I mean, I take, there's another meeting that wasn't a hard no, but it was kind of being led on. And I think that's another thing that mm. young female entrepreneurs could fall victim to is another meeting. And I, okay, let me think about this. And then a couple weeks later, a couple months later, another meeting. Yeah, and then it's totally. kind of like, you, you want to keep the momentum going. And if somebody is not interested, they should be able to say, make that decision early on and you right. can kind of move on. So I remember that happening. Um, so, but eventually my, uh, my brother, uh, he ran into somebody in New York city that he went to college with and played baseball with. And, um, they were chatting and this, this person, John, um, was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm working in finance. Um, but I'm kind of working on a little business plan for a cycling studio idea. And I'm thinking about moving out to San Francisco and, and doing it. And, uh, my brother said, oh, that's weird. My brother's like, you know, I don't really listen to my sister, what she says very much, but I'm pretty sure that she's doing the same thing. <laughs> I think she's so, doing something like that. <laughs> so maybe you guys should talk. And uh, my brother, I think, sent me a Facebook message. And I had met John while visiting my brother um, when he was in college. Yeah. And so we got on the phone and kind of just like shared ideas. Um, and we were very much in line with what things would cost and, um, you know, how how it could really work as a business model. Um and an idea. And then that was that. And I kind of was in the midst of pitching to other people and getting to feeling defeated and at times wanting to give up. Um, and like three or four months later, he called me back and he was like, I remember, I'll never forget it. It was um, St. Patrick's Day. I was in Southie on somebody's roof. And mm -hmm. um, he, he called and said, um, you know, I, I really don't want to leave my job and go do this startup in San Francisco. I don't want to be the operator, but um, between myself and a couple of my friends here, um, we can invest, we'd love to invest in you. So let's, let me, let's keep talking and we can bring more people into the mix if we need to. And that's exactly what happened. And so we compiled, he helped me introduce me to another person who introduced one more. And we ended up with a group of five um, investors in, into our first location. Um, and yeah, I raised a couple hundred thousand dollars and lucky for me, the first studio was in Southie and it was, it was, um, went really well from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So it, it just gave me confidence to keep going. And because I think I had investors and not, um, like a loan or not entirely by myself, yeah. um, they sort of kept 
motivating me to keep going you know mm-hmm. that hey this is actually this is working this is we got something here this is unusual like don't when I was like is it working I don't know like I'm just doing right. what I today. um and then yeah we opened three pretty quickly um, Fenway and Harvard Square within the first three years that's amazing and then, um waited a bit settled in I um I went through some personal stuff I lost my dad to cancer um we launched Handle with Care which is mm-hmm. the mental health arm of our business um and and then we opened North Station uh, right before COVID, and then yeah. a lot more happened, and here we are getting ready to open number five. Yes, a lot more happened. <laughs> no, it's that's like all. Point in your story where it's just like a dot dot dot, and then yeah, <laughs> yeah, a big like cloud in the middle and <laughs> zigzag line a little bit back and forth. No, I love some of your insights to it because I think that so many people you know, have ideas or have that like buzzy feeling in their gut of like, I want to do something bigger. I want to do something more, but kind of talk themselves out of it for kind of what you said, like, oh, like this isn't something that someone like me does. It's, you know, that, that type of person or something. So, you know, getting time to set those meetings and talk to those people. And then you realize like, Oh, they're just like a normal person like me. You yep. just have to put in the work. Like, why not me too? Exactly. It's like they're just a normal person like me, but they have dedicated a lot of time to this one path. And yeah. so here they are. And yeah. it's just like that's that's all I think quote unquote success is is like this this just commitment to yourself and commitment to a path. And then that you you I don't know. Success can be defined some so many different ways by yeah. so many different people, but um, yeah, just like honoring the path and the amount of time that it takes to do something, and um, having the battling the inner talk that yeah. defines to you who you are totally. is like you know trying to combat that is is a life's journey as well, but a huge part I think of having confidence in in any business setting. Yeah. I totally agree. I think that, you know, a lot of really successful people do a good job at combating that internal talk and not letting it show on the exterior, which is what, you know, kind of not tricks other people, but, you know, on the outside, you're like, oh, they don't feel those things. They don't say those things to themselves. Like, of course they do. Right, right. You just have to learn to get past it. Right, right and have a have a support team that yeah. is, is cheering for you you know and reminding you that um you're you're capable and you're you know you're honest and you're yeah. doing all the right things and you deserve this um so i definitely had that in i'm very lucky to have really supportive parents um and i really supportive now husband who's yeah this all began so i low-key think it's literally Sean Trakalosi's um it's his responsibility that this has blossomed into such a beautiful thing because he's just the the greatest cheerleader that there yeah oh I love that that's what everyone needs yep um well let's talk about some of those bumps along the way where maybe you had to lean on some of those people so um I mean we could talk about the last year, we could talk about the opening of studio number five. 
<laughs> well, you couldn't talk about the opening of Studio Number Five without talking about the last. Year. Yeah, right. <laughs> Dive right oh, into God. it. Oh man. Um, yeah, I. It's not. It's not been easy, and it continues to be. In the last, I would say three weeks, exceedingly scary again. Now that the Delta variant is back, and it definitely affects consumer behavior. Um, yeah, for sure. In our in our in our business, so. The uncertainty there um, is a lot, but studio number five wouldn't have happened likely without um, the pandemic because it was uh, a former competitor of us that unfortunately went out of business due to a number of factors, but they kind of, you know, uh, peaked during COVID and it was, I think, what caused them to um, go out of business. So it used to be flywheel um, and they had a great a great team here in Boston and a great mm -hmm. following. And um, the location is, the, the build out that they did is just unbelievable. The studio is yeah. huge. And we did have to do, um, you know, a good deal of work to kind of clean it up and make it our brand. Um, but we'll be opening, unless any catastrophe, we'll be opening Labor Day weekend. Um, yes. So I'm really, really excited, excuse me, but it wouldn't, you know, and the landlord is Boston Properties and they've given us a great opportunity there. We, um, you know, instead of going for a national brand or, you know, knocking the space down and putting another like Italy in over there, they're saying, no, right. we want to support a local company. And so, um, That's awesome. yeah, so I'm, I'm very, very excited. Um, it feels so right and so like home at that place in the Pru. Like that's that's that was my stomping ground. I used to do my studying for finals at Barnes and Noble in the Pru when I went to Northeastern. Like I love it. it's right there. That's like it's just walking through the Pru is how I got to my waitressing job on Newberry Street where mm -hmm. I you know it kind of all began. So um, it feels very full circle. We're working with Northeastern. Um, on a lot of awesome initiatives for the fall, which is oh, cool. So like uh, kind of official partnerships and benefits for students and alumni. Yeah. Um, what a great full circle moment too. Yeah. Like not only were you a student there, but their program helped you launch Absolutely. your business and find success. Yep. And this location will be so close to campus and um, yeah, but you know, with the past year and I mean, you kind of you alluded to what we've done, but we launched virtual. We went outside on the pier with, and we worked with closely with the government. So that was interesting working with the state of Massachusetts right. um, and the cruise terminal to, um, to make that happen for us as a permanent pop-up last year. Um, and we re-popped up there this summer for some events. Um, and then we opened up in the music venue, Big Night Live um, for the winter. And as, as so everybody cool. knows, that was that was epic. And it was like such a unique experience for where we were at during the pandemic. Right. Um, like you never would have done that. Right. Without you know, the pandemic. Read about it. But yeah, moving bikes um, via U-Haul for a single event is a pretty big undertaking. It's so, a lot. I've done it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So to have the opportunity to be kind of permanently popped up somewhere like that was just, just awesome. And yeah. um, definitely got my wheels turning for, for, what's ahead and what we could do in the future for events and pop-ups and things like that. Um, and then in May, uh, we closed and the restrictions were lifted at the end of that month. And we opened all of our studios in, in succession. It was um, a huge undertake. Well, I take that back. Southie was open while Big Night Live was open. And then we mm -hmm. opened Fenway and Harvard. They kind of overlapped. And then we closed Big Night Live and opened North Station. 
Yeah. And, um, and we've been operating all four through the summer and, um, now we're getting ready to open number five and, um, yeah, it's just a, it's kind of a scary time because people it's, it's summer, it's a slower time for our industry, yeah. but, um, based on what we're seeing in like package sales and in feedback on the classes and in conversations with, um, people that work in offices um, and things like that, that uh, this fall and winter is, we're going to see kind of a return to even more normalcy. Fingers crossed, you know, Delta yeah. variant aside or another variant aside. Um, I'm excited. I feel like the finish line is ahead and it has been, it has been a long, long year. Um, yes. <laughs> and a part of that finish line is going to be the grand opening of the back bay studio. It's going to be like this opportunity that COVID birthed is finally a reality. And yeah. Um, yeah. So keep until then I'm like, that's why I'm like, I'm going on vacation now. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> it always seems to turn out like that. You know, because there's really never like a great time there. You're always going to be busy with something. So right, right. You deserve the vacation after this long year. But it is, I think, an ode to the fact that even in the darkest of times, there can always be something beautiful. And that yeah. is Back Bay. And and it's just the team. It's the yeah. people that have been here and like continue to find joy inside of our studios in that 45 minute class, like what it, the strength that it gives us to, mm -hmm. um, to fight for it, you know, yeah. and, and to keep bringing it to more people because it, it, it was my saving grace through the pandemic, like just music, fitness and community, like this idea yeah. that we were all experiencing something huge, but we still have other people that like we can relate to that are in the, in it with us. Totally. Um, so for, for me, that's been a huge part of, of getting through the year. Yeah. I mean, all the people that rented bikes and tuned in virtually when they couldn't come in oh. person and, oh my God. you know. Yes. Yes. And sent us emails and donated yeah. to yeah. Our, our small business fund when it, when we first got shut down, like that helped us keep our leases like at the at the very beginning that helped yeah, us like, it's huge it just and even more than the monetary it just like truly has been this this confidence that um that we're going to get through this because there's right just, there's just so many people just that chills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> full body chills but it's so true it's like this community that you've created i mean you've created it it's here and you know, it's a two-way street just because you close your doors. They're not just like, well, that was fun. Like they're going to fight for it too. So right, right. that's huge. Um, let's pivot and chat about Handle With Care because I think that it's such an amazing like part of your business. And um, I actually like last month or last couple months, I interviewed a studio owner um, of this small studio down in, um, like right outside of DC and their structure is a little different, but they also have like a nonprofit component in a different way. But, um, when she was explaining it, I instantly thought of handle with care and I told her about it. She's like, Oh yeah, no, I follow the handlebar on Instagram. Like I love them so much. Like they're such an inspiration, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Aww. 
how cool like all the way down in dc and she that's awesome Is you know about it in yeah so it's actually in one of like the suburbs uh okay. in virginia um but that basically they like a portion of their proceeds every month go to a different like local nonprofit um and like the community has a say and you know what they want to focus on and support and it's just very cool. nice yeah yeah so, yeah we've we've handle with care started as just a movement and then this year yeah. it actually is sort of taken on this monetary arm that's very similar to what she's talking about we've only had two partners but every quarter we have a different nonprofit partner where we're donating one percent nice. of our uh, revenue. So yeah. Big Sisters was our first one this um, spring. Right now, our partner is Namaste Sober. Um, love them. Love them. And um, trying to stay local um, for quarter four as well and listen to the community. So um, I don't want to make any announcements because it's not finalized, but I have a pretty idea, good idea of who's going to be our partner in quarter four. Um, and yeah, I hope to really, really continue opening up what handle with care actually is and, and turn it, continue turning it more into the fiber of the handlebar, yeah. um, you know, rather than just kind of here and there doing events. Um, mm -hmm. So that's, that's what prompted the, the nonprofit sort of model shift is, is how can we always be giving and focusing, even if we're not doing an event or we're not doing, you know, a podcast or we're, um, yeah. so, so yeah, but um this yeah, September why mental oh, health too no sorry totally interrupted um it's very it's a very important topic to me i was um exposed to chronic mental illness um in my young adult life um within my family several within my family and my husband's family immediate family and um distant family and i kind of just had this aha moment where i realized that mental health um is a spectrum and it's not, you're not a definition of like your diagnosis and like um, everybody deals with mental health, just like everybody deals with physical health and yeah. um, different diagnoses and physical health don't give you something necessarily give you labels, but mental health diagnoses, I feel often do give you yeah. a label or you at least perceive it that way. Totally. And so um, that was sort of, my jumping board for handle with care was this isn't, um, you know, we are people and people have a variety of struggles and um, kind of normalizing that conversation surrounding mental illness and just battling the stigma against it. Yeah, so, totally. Um, yeah, that's that. I love that, especially in like such a safe place, like a close small knit or close knit community, community like the handlebar. Too, yeah, you know. Yeah, and so so many people have come forward and both anonymously and openly um, just said how how just seeing the handle with care mission by our water fountain and and like the little notes of affirmation around the studio yeah gives them this sense of of true belonging you know whether or not they engage with us formally or not just seeing that in their day and, and the reminders so God to be able to do that, that. for anyone is huge. Yeah, no kidding. I know, just make people feel a little bit less alone. Yeah. Especially after the year that we just had too, which, no, I know. you know. And that's why I'm like, I can't, I can't wait to get back by open so I can just dive into Handle With Care and we can really start like 
peeling away and looking at like what we've been through and just gain so much energy and confidence from the growth that we've endured, you know? Yeah, totally. Right. I mean, I feel like it's safe to say almost everyone (laughs) or a vast majority of people dealt with some spectrum of a mental health struggle over the last year, like maybe experiencing anxiety or depression for the first time or whatever it might be. But in those, you know, darkest, toughest moments, you kind of figure out how strong you really are. And now we're on the other side of it. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think also it gives you, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Mm, like a slice of just like, acknowledgement that everybody around you like it it it, it, it combats judgment you know because when yeah. you see yourself going through something very real hopefully you remember that when you're mm-hmm. in a good place and you're interacting with somebody who's who's struggling you know and you're not just labeling them as something or getting angry that they are the way they are you're kind of like oh they're, they're going through something you right know? like oh, been there too Right. What do you need? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's such a good point. Um, Okay. Switching gears a little bit quickly, just for the sake of time. Um, All right. So you sort of recently moved to the burbs. You are tackling DIY fixer upper projects. (laughs) You are a mother to a young toddler. So how how do you do it all? Because, you know, there's that misconception, you can't have it all. You have to choose. Yeah. You have to pick a lane. I would, I would say that I'm continually working on this. Um, Mm -hmm. and at least to this date, to this point in time, I've never been doing it all. I've been doing one thing at a time and hopefully the amount of priority and time that I've been giving to any one thing makes it feel and be supported. Yeah. But, you know, there are certainly times where I have to turn to the business and give more and then it yeah. takes away from, you know, family, but, um, but presence and, and utilizing every moment that you do have, like wh- whether it be, doing things around the house, which have definitely taken a backseat. You say that like doing fixer upper projects. I, I am, I am, but I'm also like <laughs> a pile of laundry. Well, you've got right. some stuff going on. So. <laughs> but um, time with my son is like critical. I'm just kind of like, I pick it when I, on the days that I pick him up from school, my husband and I kind of trade off with my husband's work schedule. But um, I just make sure that I like tune in, like, mm-hmm. like, my life depends on it when I'm with him, you know, and just have that real connection and not be, oh, I'm with him, but I'm doing emails on my phone. Um, because then you're really, you're not not succeeding at, at really either probably when you're split like that. So trying to focus on when I'm, when I'm with Oscar, I'm with Oscar. And when I'm at work, I'm at work and I'm not feeling guilt about the fact that I'm not with Oscar. Like that doesn't serve either party. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. A little bit of acceptance. Yeah, those feelings are there and that's okay. But yeah, and I feel like I've heard other moms say that like you can have it all, just not all at once. And that's a really good way of looking at it. Just a little bit of compartmentalization and this day I'm this role and this day I'm that role. 
and being able to transition, you know, is Mm -hmm. hard, but I think it's a vital skill is to be able to like, yeah, spend like this morning, I was with him for the first hour and a half to like really go slow and enjoy our breakfast together. Yeah. And then as soon as I drop him off, I literally am like, okay, let's go. (laughs) Yes. Business owner, Jess, we're here. What do we got to do? Um, so I guess on that same token, how do you try to incorporate either like moments for yourself in your daily routine? Do you have like a morning routine that you try to follow or just like little things throughout the day? Yeah. Um, I would say I'm not, I'm not great at being regimented in a routine, but I am great at like recommitting to whatever my routine is at any given time. So like, yeah, yeah that acceptance piece. Um, I, I have been, I mean, since Oscar has been back in school, I think my husband and I both, or he's in pre-K, have been really, really disciplined about sleep and waking yeah, up good. really early. So that's been a super healthy habit for us is like getting up at five every day and being able to have an hour to, um, ourselves before Oscar gets up. That's been yeah. huge. Um, try to drink a huge glass of water before I have my coffee. Mm-hmm. Try to schedule in my calendars, my Bible, like schedule in my my meals into my day. Like literally yeah. have the alarm go off. Okay, stop, go make myself lunch or go, you know, grab a healthy bite if I'm mm-hmm. in the city. Um, and then what else? My workouts. Um, teaching, you know, taking classes. It's just another opportunity to transition into just presence um, and focus on just the physical sweat and the visceral, you know, moving bodies in a room and heavy breathing. Like um, those are huge. I I do try to get my nails done, but for me, that's not self-care. I'm kind of like, I always multitask at the nail salon. Yeah. It's not like a relaxing thing for me. I know it never is for me either. And I feel like it's like either I'm like wishing that they would like move a little faster or which is why my nails look like this. (laughs) I've just stopped getting them because they've been, I'm just like, I'll go off. off. I'm working instead on like taking collagen and my nails healthier rather than like putting stuff on top of them. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) totally. Um, no, I love that. Okay, let's do a little rapid fire to round it out. All right. Ride or move? And for people that have never been to the handlebar, ride is the cycling class. Move is the kettlebell flow class. Mm-hmm. Um, Tough one, I know. <laughs> where I'm at, definitely move. Like, yeah. I, I just love the meditative aspect of, how, of the beginning. And cycle definitely has that same meditative component but the really difficult parts of move and cycle are different that move is strength. And so, and cycle is just like, you know, the really heavy hitting cardio. So as of late, I've definitely been like leaning more towards, I'd say like 60% move, 40% cycle in terms of what I favor, but um, I'm really excited for, for move and flow to be in person and have a cycle room right next door. So that's happening at back Bay, but um, yeah, I think that's what my body craves. Ever since I had my son, um, uh, building strength, working on my core strength, like my posture, that type of thing is just has been um, where I tend to focus my energy and fitness. Yeah, no, I totally relate. Like I love a good cycling class 
obviously like I teach it also. So I know like the magic that it can bring, um, especially after a year away from like riding with other people and that energy together. But I'm totally the same. Like my body really craves the slower movements and just working on strength. And it's funny because over the pandemic, I started working with a bunch of new moms um, for some outdoor classes and then virtual classes over the winter. Um, And I feel like working with all of them kind of brought like a different focus within myself, even though I have not yet had a child or anything, but that core strength, it's important. (laughs) It feels good too. It does. Um, One non-negotiable in your everyday. Hmm. Meditating. Yeah. Lately. That's kind of- Do you use like an app? Yeah, I use the Calm app. Okay. Um, But but I also, some days don't use it and I just make time to like, just be really mindful following my breath, even if it's while I'm just sitting, listening to music or something. Um, yeah. So that's been a big medicine for me. Yeah. A little centering. Mm -hmm. Do you normally do it just like whenever you find the time during the day or do you try to do it like first thing in the morning? I try to do it first thing in the morning, um, like a 10 minute meditation. Mm -hmm. Um, but then mostly in addition to that, like when I need it, when I'm feeling like, like, chaotic and I'm like oh are my decisions are my words from a place of chaos or from a place of calm and I just kind of meditate even if it's for just like one minute yeah a couple deep breaths yeah yeah love that try to be less reactive yeah um one thing that always improves your mood Mm. going out to dinner with my husband and my son just like family time family time I love it yeah you guys are cute. <laughs> um, a go-to song when you want to get in your feelings. You just want to feel something. Old Friends by Pine Grove. Do you know oh, that song? I don't that, know like, if I know that. Such like a deep sense of. I'm going to write it down. Yeah. I love that song. I mean, there's so many songs that bring, you know, bring me something. But that one, I think, um, is what comes to mind right now. Yes. Love it. I'll look it up get in my feels. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe a go-to like finale song that you've been liking. Um, yeah, let's see. There's a song Garmiani, anything by Garmiani. I'm just like, it sends me over the moon. So rumble by yeah. Garmiani is like classic. I've also been going back to like old school cascade. Oh, okay. And like lick it and like, lessons in love like the fire and rain album by cascade just something porter robinson kind of like yeah mid 2000 like 2015 edm yes for me lately i love it early 2000s edm back to the start (laughs) (laughs) um what do you think is like the cringiest fitness trend or something that makes you roll your eyes a little bit Hmm. Or worry for the people that are doing it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I'm trying to think, like, I haven't even – something that I, like, not – don't necessarily have an interest in, but I can't cringe by it because you see people doing it, but, like, the trampoline stuff. Like, I, I – but I haven't tried it, so I almost don't feel like I can knock it till I try it. Yeah, totally. Um, 
that seems fun. I'm trying to think of, oh, oh, fitness trend. Here we go. The leggings that scrunch up in your butt crack. No, um, yes, they're like Amazon, them. like TikTok. Yeah, I mean, and I bought a pair because I'm like, I just want to see what this looks like on me. And I was like, right. oh my God, this is like, I, I I can't, I can't wear this. This is just so, it's, <laughs> so But um, no, and I mean, I love some girls like absolutely rock and look amazing. Oh yeah. But you put it on and you're like, I'm exposed. (laughs) (laughs) Totally, totally. Um, Biggest lesson that you've learned as a business owner? Um, Oh, my God. You that you can't you can't control. You can't control your circumstance. You can only control how you respond to it. Yeah. I mean, it's like a life lesson, but I feel like it's a great lesson as a, as a business leader too. And managing your reaction to things. It's like if you can right. just. That's react. the only thing you can really control. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Also um, the second one is like, and I'm still learning it, but kindness, kindness and empathy and drawing the line between being walked on. Yeah. And I struggle with that. Yeah. It's um, a thin line for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, advice that you would like to tell a younger version of yourself or just something you'd like to tell a younger yeah. version of yourself. Hmm. That, and this is not to say that I've taken on too much at all because I do feel like where we're at is manageable, but. Mm-hmm we have to continue growing into it. Um, But don't feel like more makes you more successful, that quality can make you more or whatever that success again is such like a a weird word, but more is not going to necessarily lead to um, more satisfaction, but but quality will always lead to more satisfaction. Yes. 100%. Um, Okay. Last one. Just tell me about, um, either a book, a podcast, article, documentary, anything that either you're currently loving or that you consumed and has always kind of like stuck with you. Yes, definitely. Um, read during the pandemic and it's been a huge shift for me. It's called Untethered Soul um, by Michael Singer. I've heard, heard of it? that one. Yes, I haven't read it. It's on my list. It's a good one. You have to be ready you know, to chew it and to kind of like reread and to not understand. But once yeah. I feel like for me, once I sort of understood where he was going and I let, then it, it was really perspective changing. It was like a paradigm shift. Um, and so that one, great. I've been listening, I've been listening to a lot of Oprah audio books and she does a lot of like, like mindfulness and like working on the soul, like her super soul Sundays guests. Yes. Um, Michael Singer being one of them, but that's kind of my kick right now. I'm reading seat of the soul right now, but finding center and finding meaning in every part of the journey, because I'm just reminded it's been a year and a half. And like, it's the same truth that there's not a destination. It's about about every day. You're in it. You're in it. You're in it right now. Um, Awesome. Hype yourself up. Where can everyone find you? Talk about anything that the handlebar has going on that you want people to know about. Yay. Okay. You can find me personally on Instagram, um, Jess Fracalosi. 
Um, handlebar Instagram is the underscore handle underscore bar. Definitely follow that one. Um, uh, visit us on online, handlebarcycling.com. Um, we will be um, hosting our grand opening weekend, Labor Day. So Yay. sign up for a class. You can come to Back Bay or you can ride for free at any of our five locations that weekend. So it's an awesome, awesome. opportunity to try out our studios, experience our instructors. Um, and then additionally, all of our classes and packages will be 25% off that weekend. And most exciting, we are reintroducing our unlimited membership um, with unlimited riding. And it's like, yes, it's just in time for fall. We, it's like now more than ever, we need to get into our routines and get back to ourself and, and get back to, um, yeah, healthy habits. Labor day for me is like a little mini new year's. Yes. Same. Um, yeah, a monthly unlimited. And, and if you buy it on Labor Day weekend, the first month's a hundred bucks. So you can't beat it. That is awesome. And free, uh, free rides for teachers and students through the end of the month. Right. Oh, yep. Yep. Yeah. I'm like, it's, I feel like the month's almost over already, but yeah, I know. Like they can squeeze in like almost a week when it comes out next week. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So teachers and students can walk in um, free of charge, which is get, get the sweat in before you go back to your yes. school and, um, and we'll get always have mental health, right. <laughs> uh, and student discounts available, but for now you're absolutely free. So definitely enjoy that. I love it. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, I'll well, I'll you. see you soon around the studio. <laughs> Bye. Thanks. <laughs> of course. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Build with Brayback podcast. Stay connected on Instagram at Build with Brayback and our website, www.buildwithbrayback.com. Show a little love by rating and reviewing, sharing with your friends, and of course, subscribing so you don't ever miss an episode. Until next week, keep on building.